superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, that's me, Free and Out Podcast, the show. It's a little later than I, I usually hit play because of the Monday Night Football game, which looked like a blowout, ended up being a comeback by the Eagles that went to overtime, and the Birds pulled it out. You know, who, who would have thought on what looked like to be Eli Banning's comeback story? He now is officially 116 and 117, so he's an under 500 quarterback. We'll dive into some thoughts on that game. Kyle, Jimmy, Sean Payton, game of the year. Uh, a lot of thoughts there. The Chiefs and the Pats, two teams kind of trending in different directions. Watched the uh, Bills-Ravens game. Really, uh, you know, ha- have, uh, have one distinguishing trait that is separating Lamar from uh, Josh Allen right now. Baker Mayfield... Dude, just figure it out. It, it just just be quiet f- for a week. I'll dive into some of the comments he had about the trainers and Odell Beckham, college football playoffs, some things I saw around the league, and then like always, at John Middlecoff, Middlecoff Mailbag, DMs wide open, slide up in it, and I will answer your questions, uh, same as my Twitter handle. Let's start with the, let's start with the Eagles. The, the NFC East is a debacle, and the Eagles... You know, I I think we all have those years just as humans, as professionals, whatever, when shit just doesn't go our way for whatever reason. And you're watching the Eagles, and it's just just one of those years. Guys are dropping like flies. They literally can't catch balls. I mean, by the end of the game, they had one wide receiver, literally one healthy wide receiver and one healthy running back. They lose Lane Johnson, probably the best player on their team. Dude's carted off, 
and walked back to the locker room. It felt like every other play. And they came into this game with a ton of injuries. Sometimes that happens where it's just you're dealt. Some some years you get dealt two aces, right? And you're like, this is going to be my year. And things just go really well. And sometimes they don't. Whether you're playing football or just living life, we've all had that happen where you just can't catch a break, right? And I really think, and I've had a couple, I've had more than most, I think we can all relate to, if you just keep your head up and keep swinging and handle the bad times, the good times feel that much better, one. And two, you realize you can get out of it. And the thing with the Eagles, this season couldn't have gone much worse, and I think this speaks to the head coach, and a little Carson too, but definitely Doug, is that they're going to have their worst season, minus the chip little debacle, in a long time. With they were, you know, predicted to be Super Bowl contenders, and we'll see how their division plays out. It's going to be hard for them to beat Dallas. They literally have all these injured guys. But if you go eight and eight, when it feels like the building's on fire, like look at the Giants. The Giants are having a season from hell, and they're going to go two and fourteen. Like that's what a dumpster fire looks like. The Eagles are not a dumpster fire. They're just going through rough times now. Carson and I've talked you know, at length about it. He's got some issues right now. But tonight, uh, the first half was a debacle, but he's also playing with a couple wide receivers that he's not used to playing with. Alshon gets hurt with, you know, at the time of recording this, I don't know the injury. Deshaun's been MIA since week one. He's playing with Greg Ward Jr. I've never heard of this guy. They're basically operating those two tight ends like two wide receivers because they don't really have a choice. They signed Jay Ajayi two weeks ago because, again, they don't have a choice. And Carson's working through some things, but when you're working through some things and you're behind the eight ball, given the talent around you as a quarterback, that's not easy. It'd be one thing if you're like, God, you know, Carson Wentz is really shit in the bed. He he can't get first downs. Deshaun's wide open. Alshon's wide open. Lane Johnson's killing everyone. Jason Peters is dominating. That's not the case. I mean, Lane Johnson's gone. Jason Peters, love the guy, but he's, this is probably his last year in the NFL. I mean, a couple weeks ago, Brandon Brooks, who's widely considered the best guard in the league, had a panic attack. Now, he's had those before, but could not play in the game. So Carson hasn't dealt with the great hand this year, and on top of that, he hasn't played well. But I think you saw today, his talent is immense. That's the man on the moon. My mom could tell you that. Like His physical gifts are elite, but football's about more than just physical gifts. It's about reading defenses, it's about taking something off certain throws, it's about touch throws, it's about leading men, it's about controlling a huddle, it's about knowing your offense, it's about all these things that clearly he's still a work in progress. But I still stand by this, for all the quote-unquote work in progresses, I would take a work in progress with Carson Wentz's talent. And they're going to need a big offseason, they're going to need to do a lot of retooling. This was a year when, you know, the Eagles have had some weird leaks about guys, you know, talking behind, and not players going anonymous sources. You know, you, you would think they would they would clean house a little bit and just kind of hit the reset button. You know, once upon a time, a little different. It, it wasn't quite the same. But remember the, the crew of LOB guys and the defensive guys that didn't quite look at Russell the same way. They eventually had to hit the reset button. And, and it was the best thing they ever did. Now, I'm not saying that Carson Wentz is going to be as good as Russell Wilson, because Russell Wilson's turned into, I think we'd all agree, one of the truly great players in the history of the league. But I would imagine the Eagles understand this. They have an excellent coach. 
Like Doug Peterson is big time, and they kept, you know, the analytics. Are they going to go for two here when they're down 14? No. He's going to take a deep breath. He's trying to win the game. He's playing a shit opponent. He's not playing, you know, the Chiefs or the Ravens where he has to worry about the math. That that The Giants were not going to score another point, and they didn't even get close to. And, you know, you got to commend the Eagles because everyone on social media, and rightfully so, including myself, counted them out at about halftime. I bet on the Giants plus nine and a half. That cashed. But for a wide, you know, for a long period of time there, probably even well into the third quarter, you thought this thing was a wrap and they were going to lose. And they didn't. They, they found a way. Now, it's against the second worst team in the league. But on primetime games against divisional opponents, you know, the, these games consistently are a little more difficult than they probably should be. Now, the Giants have a lot of issues. They, they are destined for a two-win season. Pat Shermer surely going to get fired. But I, I'm going to leave this on somewhat of a positive note because I'm not going to break down Pat Shermer's game management at the end of the game because, let, let's be honest, who the hell gives a good... Who cares? Who gives a damn? Who, uh, even Giants fans. Just just fire the guy. Just blow that thing up. Get a new coach. But who, if you, unless you were an Eagle fan, was not rooting for Eli Manning tonight? And listen, I, I know that I, I'm still getting yelled at by my mom and the way I was raised by my parents growing up about just basic things in life, right? Treat people the right way, you know, the difference between right and wrong, about just being a good person, treating people that can't do anything for you well. And I I think when you see the Mannings, specifically Eli, he feels like one of the better people in league history. And, you know, it's we can argue all day about his resume, and it's a polarizing resume, but he has to be one of the better guys in the league, like, Tonight, I just found myself rooting for Eli Manning. You know, when he hit a couple of those deep bombs, I I jumped out of the couch, like chanting Eli. And, you know, personally, being a a former Eagles employee, that's really my only connection to the NFC East. I hate the Giants. I I, I really do. I I can't stand their pretentious owner who kind of views himself at the top of the pedestal like he's better than everyone else and the best player in the history of his franchise, who, you know, is a personal favorite of mine, Lawrence Taylor, with a crackhead. And, you know, just the, the giant way. It's just a bunch of BS and hooey. Like, you guys are no different than any other franchise. And right now, you're one of the laughing stocks of the league. But one of the reasons you're still kind of not is because of the respect people have for Eli. And I have a ton. You know, the, the, the two playoff runs that he had were as impressive as that's ever been ha- had in the league. I mean, he took down the 17-0 and Patriots. He The second time around, those games that he had on the road against Green Bay when it was freezing cold to beat that San Francisco 49er team in the rain. And it's kind of cool that he got a couple other shots. I, I think you also realize watching him play, now they're doing the right thing by starting, I will not call him Danny Dimes anymore, we'll just call him Daniel Jones. You got to just see what the young guy has. There's no point in throwing Eli out there. But Eli's a better player than Daniel Jones. Like, Daniel Jones is useless right now. He, he really is. Now, as the game went on, you see, like, Eli can't scramble around. He can't make anything happen outside if the guy's not open. You know, he's he's a limited player. And I, I hope for his own sake, hopefully maybe he can start one more game and get that record back to 500 and retire. But, but he will retire, whether you're a fan, even if you're a fan, in you know a cowboy fan, a Redskin fan, an Eagle fan that have had I mean the Redskins have been irrelevant, but the Cowboys and the and the Birds, who have had big time matchups with him over the last fifteen years, say what you want about him. I think everyone respects him as a human. 
And uh, he's just truly one of the good guys in pro sports and had a couple cool moments tonight. It was cool to see Peyton in the house and his family. You know, it's funny. It's like Peyton's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So is Eli and their family so famous. And they they show the pictures of the just the Bannings and Olivia's mom and, and his dad and Cooper in the box. And they look no different. Now they're bigger, you know, and richer, but than any family would look like. They're, they're on the edge of their seat. They're nervous. You know, you could see Olivia. She, she was like talking to someone about what should be happening. It, just just kind of a cool moment for the NFL, even in a even in a loss for Eli. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 and had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. You can't, hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts, for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time. Every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, let's talk about the game of the year. At least so far, which I would imagine it will be tough to top. 49ers at the Saints. And the number one thing that stood out to me is, I'm not a big fan of Big 12 football. I like Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma, especially this year now that they play defense. But I I like defense. And I I think the consumer of the NFL likes physical defense. It's why that in college football I've grown to like the SEC and even the Big Ten. Like I like watching people get hit. I like watching people get tackled. And for a game that had, it felt like 200 points, final score was 48 to 46, it was a very, very physical game. You know, multiple players on the Niners were lost with injury, Jared Cook was KO'd out of the game. It was a body bag game. Uh, Bodies were colliding at high speeds. And I think watching the NFL this season, I think it's been a very, very physical sport this year. You know, where a couple years ago it felt like it was getting soft. I actually think they've they've brought the violence back into the game, and, and I I actually think that's a big reason why the the ratings have gone back up. People like violence; they they really do. It's why we were willing to pay fifty to a hundred dollars for pay per view fights. I'm not even a big MMA guy, but you saw that guy that got his lips split open. It's like we like watching collisions and people fight. And obviously, football is organized organized violence. It, it really is. But for we'll start with the 49ers. I think the key to any good football team, to have a legitimate chance to win Super Bowls, and that's ultimately what good teams, the goal is, to win Super Bowls, to win playoff games and Super Bowls. You need to be really dynamic in two areas, your head coach and your quarterback. Now, you you need skill guys, you need to have a good defense. I I think you need a better situational defense in the playoffs, let alone, I I think we talk, you know, can the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year? Of course they can, if they get good situational defense. Is anyone going to view them as the 85 Bears? No. Well, the 49ers gave up. Drew Brees destroyed them. Gave up five touchdowns. And another one that he had technically running. It was one of those where he jumps over the offensive line. But what separates the 49ers, and their defense is awesome. But the reason they won this game, and the reason they have a chance to win it all, because they have a dynamic head coach, and they have a dynamic quarterback. We knew more about Kyle coming into this season We'd seen him as a coordinator, and that's ultimately what he is now. I mean, he's the head coach, but he still calls plays. We knew how elite he can be. We saw the Super Bowl run. They went 15-1. and He was up 28-3 to on Belichick. He was, he was taking him to school. Now, could he be a great head coach? We didn't know. The last couple years, hard to tell. Quarterbacks coming in and out. Garoppolo gets hurt. This year, he's proven his worth. Every single game, he does things that... If you watch the 49ers, and I've watched every snap they've had this season, your jaw will hit the floor. I can't believe he did that. And then he has a bread and butter of his offense, the zone read scheme, the play action stuff, which he kind of hangs his hat on. And then everything is built off there. But Kyle is flexing his muscles as one of the best coaches in the league. I think for the most part, a lot of people, if you followed football closely, would have said, even before his team is now 11-2 at the start of the season, Kyle was highly viewed in the NFL by fans, coaches, anyone that follows the sport. I think the big question was the quarterback. And when he got traded to the team a couple years ago, remember, 
you guys probably don't, he didn't start the first couple weeks because you've heard Matt Ryan talk about it. I know Kyle's been open about it. The offense is very complicated to learn. There's a lot of verbiage. It's just, it, it's not easy. And they didn't throw Jimmy out to the wolves right away. They let him learn. And about, I think it was either three or four weeks in, they said, screw it. We're going to give him a watered down version and we're going to see what we have. And it, it was a complicated situation because he was about to be a free agent. And he lit the world on fire. They won six straight games. Or maybe they won five straight games. And then the following year, he tore his ACL by week three. And this year, got off to a rocky start. In OTAs, he wasn't that good. In training camp, he was abysmal. There was a practice in training camp. He wasn't actively trying to do this. He threw five straight pick sixes. And then he had a game, I think it was against the Denver Broncos in the preseason, where he looked just over his head. And then the season started, he started a little slow, but a couple things jumped out to me immediately. One, his toughness is, can't really be argued. You can pepper him and he will consistently get back up. And the other thing is how good he is at just staying in the pocket. He ain't scared. And to sustain high-level play in the NFL, you have to be a consistent pocket quarterback. Obviously, Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, whatever, that's really what separates you. Even Lamar, we'll get into a little later. What's For him to have a 15-year career, he's going to have to learn to be a quote-unquote pocket quarterback. Now, his running will always be an element, even with Jimmy. Like, Jimmy's a pretty pretty good athlete. He can make plays that aren't there. And it'll also cost you sometimes, but that comes with the package. Now, the thing that he's done a really good job of, I'd say, over the last month, is cut out the really, really dumb throws. Because it's hard to win in this league when you're playing the best teams, because most times when you're playing the best teams and you have a good team, it's going to be a pretty highly contested game, meaning more than likely coming down the home stretch, it's going to be a one-score game. And if you throw a pick in those situations or turn the ball over, you're going to lose. And Jimmy cut that out yesterday, or I guess two, two days ago now if you're listening. He was incredible. The one interception he threw hit his wide receivers in the hands. And I've seen a lot of this that he outdueled Drew Brees. He didn't outduel him because Drew Brees threw five touchdowns and he had another one on the ground. What he did, though, is he matched them. And when you're in a situation when you're playing Drew Brees and when you're playing Aaron Rodgers or you're playing Peyton Manning or you're playing whoever the best is and that guy is on, when you're playing the Hall of Famer and he's dialed, it's going to be hard to outduel him. But can you just match him? Can you go toe-to-toe with him? And that's what Jimmy did. I knew when Kyle's on, he can go up against anybody. Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Belichick. Like, we know what he has in the back. We've seen him call plays for a decade. Like, we know he's elite at that. Now, sometimes just because you're an elite play caller, ultimately you need your players to kind of come through, especially your quarterback. And Jimmy showed he could do that. In arguably top two or three hostile environment, uh, while the other Hall of Fame quarterback was just shredding what many consider the top defense, depending on what metric you look at it. It's pretty inarguable any metric you look at, the Niners are a top three defense in the league. Now, they were losing some guys. Sherman got banged up. Uh, D. Ford lasted about a play. I mean, he's the highest paid defensive uh, situational pass rusher in the NFL. And Jimmy carried him. Jimmy and Kyle carried him. And it's what you have to have. You get in those situations. There may be a playoff game where your defense wins it for you. But to win the Super Bowl, your coach and your quarterback have to be on point. When you look at all the Brady and Belichick years, when you look at a couple years ago when Foles and Doug locked in, 
that's what's going to separate them. It's why when I sit here today, I think the Niners have as good a chance as any team in the league to win the Lombardi Trophy. Now, you know, depending on, they could also lose, I guess if they play Dallas in the first round, they'd probably win that game, but they might not go that far. That's the crazy thing about this individual season. There are probably eight to ten teams, I mean probably legitimately eight teams, Niners, Saints, I throw the Packers in there, Seattle, you know, Minnesota, feeling get healthy, the Ravens, the Pats, the Chiefs, Titans, Houston, you know, teams that could just make hay come January. But I, I, I am confident in Kyle and Jimmy has a, right now the way they're playing and calling plays have just their chips are in the middle of the table. Are they going to win it all? I, I don't know. But I, I feel pretty confident they got a good shot. And when you look at the other side, Sean Payton is one of the best coaches that I've ever seen. His record speaks for itself. He's been as dominant of an offensive coach with Drew Brees for, you know, 15 years now. In these last 10 years, it took historically poor defenses to hold his offense down. In the last couple years, they've been dominant. But I thought yesterday, or Sunday, I keep saying yesterday because I recorded this on Monday, he was reckless. And I I say it all the time, I admire people with balls, I admire aggressive people, I I try to be aggressive, Uh, it's why I commend people that are aggressive coaches when they go for it, and I I think the analytical crew is is trying to take credit for this. Football fans have been sitting on their couch since like the 60s, been telling coaches to go for it. You you don't need an Excel spreadsheet to know, like, coach, go for it, you know, this is the late in the game, let's do it. But yesterday, it was borderline stupidity. There was a personal foul penalty and the, on a touchdown to Jared Cook. Turns out he got knocked out. He got a concussion. Didn't come back in the game. So Sean Payton accepted it and went from the two-yard line. Instead of kicking the extra point, he went from the two to the one. It's like, okay, I, I get it. And he didn't run like you know Alvin Kamara up the gut. He didn't throw a quick slant to Michael Thomas. He ran an end around to Taysom Hill. And he got caught and he didn't score a touchdown. And they were up 13-7. to seven. And ultimately, the Niners won by... It ultimately didn't cost them the game, but it didn't really make sense. Like, what, what, what are you doing here? But his biggest snafu was he went for it late in the game. They were down two at the time. And he kicked, or excuse me, instead of running a punt, just punting and trying to pin the Niners, whose offense was sputtering, he called a deep go route for Taysom Hill to throw it to his gunner. Now, the thing on punt is the guy defending the gunner, you know, the corner on the outside, there's usually two of them if you double-team the gunner, but in this situation, there was just one. He has the right to block that individual. It it is not like a normal offensive play because he thinks the ball is being punted. And the 49ers defender, there's a backup guy, number 33, put on a clinic of blocking the guy out of bounds, like you see a lot of times on punt. And Taysom Hill throws this go route that ends up going out of bounds and Sean Payton's losing his mind. And of course the referees did not throw a penalty. It was a punt. It turns out they faked it. But once you fake it, the offensive rules then do not apply to the on the outside who was getting blocked and the guy was putting on a clinic of just shoving the guy out of bounds. But there was no reason for them to go for it in that situation. The, the ebb and flow of the game was like, what? why don't you just punt the ball, pin them, and then try to play some defense? Again, their defense had been playing well. Big fan of Sean Payton. 
Big fan of everything he stands for, his aggressive nature. Obviously, he kicks the onside kick once upon a time in the Super Bowl. But in that situation, in that game, this wasn't just some random game in October. This was a game on December 8th where whoever wins this game is going to be the driver's seat for the number one overall seed. I, I, I just didn't understand it. I, it made no sense. Again, there, there's a big difference in, in the world that I live in on being aggressive and being reckless. And I, I don't know if necessarily either one of those two plays ended up costing the game because they had the lead with 53 seconds left. But Sean Payton was reckless in this game, and you know he, he's got to be kicking himself a little bit these, these last couple days since that game because he could have been better. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 and had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. Can't hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time. Every time or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team. Faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time. Looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy. And that is where LinkedIn comes in. 
So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's uh, let's dive into Chiefs Pats. Start with the Chiefs. One thing hit me watching the Chiefs game, probably more than ever. And I, I mean, I, I obviously watch all their games and root for them to win. I actually had money on the Chiefs. So it, it didn't bother me that Jerome Boger had a uh, rough day at the office. But it, it really hit me watching Mahomes this week. Like, why Andy Reid was probably one of the only coaches to truly, really like him coming out of college. Like, thought he was a top 10 pick. Because you know what Mahomes is? and We've used this comparison before to Steph Curry. But it's not Steph Curry because he's just, he's making throws we've never seen. We have. Brett Favre did it. It's more just the way he plays. Like Steph Curry. They're, they're kind of artists. They don't, they're not exactly, you wouldn't send on a teach tape to young quarterbacks. Like, he's not Mr. Fundamentally Sound. And I bet sometimes he drives Andy crazy. And really, Kelsey and Tyree Kill kind of fall under that mode, too. They just, there are elements of their games that you can't really coach. And you don't really want to coach out of it. Like, I'm watching Mahomes. Someone sent me a DM that said, you know, I'm noticing him kind of float in the pocket and not always be consistent with his footwork. Yeah, that's kind of him right now. But it's not actually a bad thing because he's able to make some of his most remarkable plays kind of do it in his own way. Now, as he gets older, they need to really kind of hone in on that because your arm, you know, when you're 35, he's not going to be throwing it like he's throwing it now at 23 years old. But I also think you had to let him be him. And same with Kelsey. On Kelsey's fumble, he he caught a first down came back behind the sticks and tried to run around a guy, ultimately got tackled and fumbled. It actually should have probably been a touchdown. Tyreek Hill does a lot of the same things. And I think it speaks to Andy's greatness as an offensive guy. You kind of have to let your players, as long as they're functioning within your offense, be them. And Mahomes right now is not Mr. Fundamentals because he's leaving pockets. He's kind of Sometimes he'll just start backpedaling and there's no reason to backpedal. Now, he can get away with it. For a long period of time, Aaron Rodgers got away with it. Because his arm was elite. Because he's in the peak of his physical powers. But watching them yesterday, they have three players that when they are on, are going to be better than any players you have on the field. Obviously, Mahomes, he wasn't even on yesterday. But just his talent is immense. Kelsey, beside Kittle, is clearly the second, you know, the elite of the elite. And Tyree Kill, there's not a player like him. So if their defense, who Honey Badger, as I was texting with a buddy in the league a couple weeks ago, he's one of the rare character rejects coming out of college, meaning the majority of the league probably had him off the draft board, who has, you know, seven, eight years later, become one of the best leaders and higher character guys in the league. Like, boom, everywhere he goes, team captain. Larry Fitzgerald once said he was the heart and soul of the Cardinals, Goes to the Texans team captain. Goes to the Chiefs team captain. Chris Jones is one of the more talented players in the league. And Frank Clark's kind of coming on. So they have difference makers on offense which with a great quarterback. They have 
playoff experience. They've been making the playoffs every year for years. And hell, they were an offsides away last year from not from going to the Super Bowl. And they got some guys on defense this year. And they are playing better. Now, I'm not going to judge them too much against that team just because of how shitty the Patriots have been playing. But I'm bullish right now on the Chiefs. I, I think they're playing their best football at the right time. They're trending in the right direction. I, I think officially yesterday with the Raiders winning, they, they won the division. Of course, they, they were never going to not win that division. But we'll just see how it plays out with the Pats. And the Texans and the Titans kind of coming down this home stretch. If they drop some more games, when the, when all the dust settles, don't be shocked if the Chiefs have a you know a home field buy in week one of the playoffs. And I I just they would terrify me because when Mahomes is on, he's as good as anybody. Like I said, Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Honey Badger, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, they they got difference makers. I, I I'm telling you, I this would have been crazy to say a couple weeks ago because they were losing a bunch of games, but I think they're back to being a Super Bowl, a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And then the Patriots. I think there's two ways to look at it. One, they got legitimate issues. They can't run the ball. Sony Michelle looks terrible. Uh, the offensive line can't block for Tom. Tom obviously doesn't move that well despite his one, like one of his great scrambles ever. But, you know... Do I think Tom is quote-unquote slipping? Not necessarily. I just think they legitimately can't block for him. And he's a statute. So if you can't block for him and guys aren't open, the offense is screwed. They have one legit receiver, and it's a slot guy. Now, Julian is one of the great champions, one of the great clutch performers in recent memory. But they're depending on an undrafted free agent and another first-rounder who hasn't really played all season. But I also think this. And like the Warriors last year when Kevin Durant went out, I wrote him off, everyone wrote him off. And then they broke the Houston Rockets and kind of ended the franchise. If you follow the NBA, you've seen the Rockets are a dumpster fire. You know, Daryl Morey complains and whines and leaks every other week. Uh, Mike D'Antoni's going to get fired. Russell Westbrook is playing the worst basketball of his career. Like, their franchise is just trending in the wrong direction. Now, the Pats, like, I I don't know. The Rockets were the number one contender for the Warriors, and they were mental midgets. So the Warriors were just mentally stronger and it broke them. When you look at the Pats, you go, well, the Ravens are going to be pretty mentally strong. We've seen the Chiefs, like, (laughs) they're not going to, you might beat them, but they're not going to mentally tap out. But I know this, to beat the Pats, and I no longer think, and I've said this for the last probably four or five years, I would have picked the Pats to win the Super Bowl when the playoffs started. I'm not going to do that this year. I don't necessarily, as I sit here right now recording this, I don't feel confident about one given team going to win the Super Bowl. I actually think that's what makes this season in the NFL great is a handful of teams feel very confident they can win it all. And a big reason is because the Pats are vulnerable. But when the Pats lose, if you, if you look at it like an action movie, they're going to die, but they're going to take out a lot of people. And if you beat them, they're going to make you earn it. They might... I don't know what's going to happen, but you will sweat out that playoff game on the in Foxborough, away from Foxborough, wherever it's it, wherever it is. I'm not just acting like they're going to get blown out in a playoff game. I I just can't see it. They have too many good players. They still have too good of a defense. I mean, Tom's just been through the ringer for 20 plus years. I I just think if there's a will, there's a way that they'll keep it close. But I'm as big of a borderline Pat's homer as there is. For someone that's not a Patriot fan, just of a respect of Belichick, of a respect of their operation. If you like football, if you like success, I mean, I just don't see how you couldn't admire what they've done. But there's no way around it that 
something is really, really off. But I, I just think everyone's burying them, thinking like they're just going to be some one and done in the playoff or someone's going to beat them by 20 points. I have a hard time seeing that happen. Then on the story that broke today about the filming in the press box, I can just go off the information that I've read. I, I, I just know this. And Belichick denied it. He claims he has nothing to do with it. If you were going to film an opponent, one, I, I can't imagine Belichick's that worried about the Bengals. Two, you would not send him to the press box. And the dude was in the press box. For those of you listening that have been ever never been to a press box, it's all media people who clearly, if you follow football, whoever your team is, you're following all your team's media. They tweet about everything that's going on. You would not send a guy in a Patriot uniform, and that's what he was in. He was a Patriot credentialed employee in the press box filming different things. Like that, that to me just does not add up. Like the Patriots, and listen, I won't deny that the Patriots have done some shady shit in the past, but that's just stupidity. So I do believe Belichick that, yeah, it had nothing to do with this. Because if he was going to do something, he would not send that guy to the press box. I don't know where he'd send him. I don't know how he'd get on the field for a game that wasn't their own game. I don't even think they would attempt to do that. So it's just, it doesn't quite add up to me. Maybe you'd buy a ticket, send him, send him you know, put him in the actual stands, and then he could pull out a camera. You, you would not send him to the press box. Too many people to see. Too many, too many Twitter followers in there. Did someone to turn you in? It, it just does not add up. Again, I'm not admonishing and acting like the Patriots have no blood on their hands over the years. Like they have some weird things have happened, but this one, it just doesn't quite add up. Okay, let's dive into the Bills and the Ravens game. And I, I listen, the Ravens are 11 and two. They beat the Niners. They beat the Patriots. They're more than likely going to have the number one seed in the AFC. And if you're doing power rankings right now, you know, I think you you would have to put them in number one. But as I said last week, after they played the Niners, Lamar Jackson is unreal as a runner. He's like Barry Sanders. But he's throwing for like 100 to 150 yards a game. Let's not act like he's Mahomes or Watson or... You know, what Jimmy and Breeze, a huge part of his game is running. And rightfully so. He's one of the great running quarterbacks we've ever seen. The dude can't be, you can't catch him. You could put him in a phone booth and you might not be able to touch him. And I've, I didn't like Lamar Jackson and I didn't like Josh Allen coming out. And I, I say it all the time. I like, I'll get into Baker here in a minute. I love Baker coming out. But the moment I start thinking you're a slappy, and that's what I think Baker is. I, I I don't really root for you, especially when I don't think you're that good of a player anymore. I'm not in love with the way Lamar Jackson plays as a 10-year project. Can you win the Super Bowl with him this year? Yes. You know, is it going to be a little more challenging than I think the casual football fan thinks? 1,000%. Because for them to win the Super Bowl, he's going to have to consistently win more than likely on third and five plus. That's usually what it comes down to in the playoffs late in games. Now, he's proven he's much more accurate than I ever thought. But the reason I didn't like Lamar Jackson coming out of college because I don't really like running quarterbacks. I want my quarterback to win throwing the ball. Now, I like athletic quarterbacks like Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson hangs his hat on throwing the ball. But the more you get to know Lamar Jackson as a person, that's what happens when you become an NFL star. I'm like, this guy's a badass. Nobody cares. Work harder. I, I, I love that shirt. I just love everything he stands for. He doesn't complain. He's always positive. He's he's everything. If my unborn son, I'd say, I want you to be like this guy. So what you have flaws? So what people are talking shit? 
Don't don't be a, no victim mentality. That's a problem just in America. Lamar Jackson, no victim mentality with him. So we're just going to get the job done. And you know what? All he's been doing is getting the job done. Same thing with Josh Allen, who I hated even way more than Lamar Jackson because he was very inaccurate. But you follow him on social media, just he's just a likable guy. You're rooting for him. I'd say the biggest difference between the two players, because both of them are playing on, they got high-level coaches. Obviously, John is more accomplished than Sean, but it's, if you watch football, Sean McDermott knows what the hell he's doing. The Buffalo Bills clearly have an identity. Tough football team, defensive football team. They're good, and they're going to be good for a while. But Washington, you know what the difference in this game was? It's, it wasn't even really Lamar's running. It was when he had layup throws, intermediate and deep, and for the most part, he wasn't throwing that deep, but just intermediate, he hit him. When guy was open, and he had to throw the ball 15-plus yards, and that's where he is behind the line of scrimmage down the field, he was hitting guys, or at least giving them a chance. I'm watching Josh Allen going, listen, I want to root for the Bills. They're a fun story. I, I've known Sean McDermott. When I first got in the league, he was our defensive coordinator with the Eagles. He's he just a high-level guy. Really, really impressive. I'm just not sure Josh Allen, at, at this point in time, now guys improve. So I, I, I'm done writing off guys that are high-character guys, smart guys, that have the talent are going to work hard. Now, it doesn't mean they're all going to maximize their ability, but you just you got to keep an eye on those guys because they can prove you wrong. So I'm, I'm not writing Josh Allen off, but he just can't hit pretty basic throws. And then some of the tough throws down the field, he's not even close. And that's the biggest area of improvement for Lamar Jackson is, yeah, he, he's going to miss some passes just way off the mark. But he's also going to hit a lot of pretty basic ones. And if you do the basic things in life and whatever your profession is consistently well, you're going to be ahead of the curve because most people can't be consistent with the basic stuff, let alone the really hard stuff, which Lamar and Josh have the physical capabilities to do. Lamar is an elite runner. So is Josh. There was a play late in that game where the Ravens sent like an all-out blitz. Josh does like two 360s in the pockets, avoids two linebackers and a, and, a, and a defensive lineman, and gets the ball off. It was just remarkable. Like only him, Lamar, like Russell Wilson, and maybe like Carson Wentz could have pulled that play off. But when he has no, when he has time in the pocket, and he's just sitting there, and he has a guy, and he's not throwing to Jerry Rice and Julio Jones, but he just can't hit balls. And honestly, yesterday, or Sunday, I keep saying yesterday, I'm recording this on Monday, it wasn't even that close. He was killing them. He was awful. Because the Ravens were down a touchdown late in the game. Like, they still had a shot. But he's just not quite good enough. Now, you know, back when I had a radio show, we interviewed Warren Moon, and he was the one guy who said, I believe that you can improve accuracy. Because he did. He's like, when I when I was in college, I didn't feel I was accurate. And as I went on through my career, I kept getting better at it. Now, I worked really hard at it, but I kept getting a lot better at it. And by the end of his career, he's a Hall of Famer. Josh Allen has a lot of work to do because he just, it feels to me like he just has some innate flaws. Like, there's just a touch factor. Like, as a golfer, I don't have much touch. And, you know, I work on it a little bit. I, I just don't have much. And there is a touch factor. Like, Drew Brees had touch from probably the moment he was 12. Like there, there is now you can work on it. You can definitely improve it, but I think the baseline of where he's starting because clearly Lamar, Lamar's got some touch. His problem is like when he tries to let it rip on like a ten yard ball, it can get away from him. 
but actually a lot of his like little lob passes or even just deep passes that he's not necessarily trying to throw 100 miles an hour, but just you know put a little air under it. It's he's not bad at those at all. Where Josh Allen is more missed than hit, and that would be the biggest thing concerning when you look at big picture, because Lamar has to get better. You know, third and long. You know, when you just watch him, maybe the stats tell me I'm wrong. I just know what I've watched. Balls fly all over on him. But he's hitting a lot of basic passes, and then he's making remarkable runs. To me, Josh, against really good teams, obviously against the Patriots earlier in the season, it was a disaster. Against the Ravens, especially early in that game, he kind of put put their team behind the eight ball, being all over the map. And that's just something, as his career progresses, just to keep an eye on. Because he's... uh, He's he's a little bit of a spray shot right now. I'm not exactly sure he knows where it's going. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 and had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. Can't, hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time. Every time or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to tirerack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. 
or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, let's dive into Baker Mayfield. And I I can just speak for men, but there's a reason we're always apologizing. We do dumb things. But when you get into a professional setting and you're the number one overall draft pick and, and you're the quarterback, you shouldn't always be having to apologize for dumb things. And Baker now, like on his third time this season, has had to apologize through Twitter after something he said. And there's two numbers that really stand out to me on Baker Mayfield. 15 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. He's been a below average player this year. Bottom line, period, end of story. Even a diehard Browns fan would tell you he's been underwhelming. I'm a fan of Baker Mayfield, or at least I was coming out. I had no problem with him going number one. I thought his comparison coming out of the draft was the next Drew Brees. I used to tell Colin, I think I told it to him on a show, I was like, I think you're being a little harsh on him. But the one thing Colin nailed is your decision-making off the field usually leads to bad decision-making on the field. And let's use Jameis, a guy that, I, again, another player that I've personally kind of liked. But his the moment he had that incident with the Uber driver, right, it was some, at Florida State, it was multiple things. And then he then he did the thing in the quad about screaming, you know, the kitty cat word. And then he has the Uber driver incident. I'm like, I'm out. I am out. And it does feel like he's matured a little bit, but his decision-making is consistently the worst in the NFL. Now, he overcomes it because he throws a lot of touchdowns. He might be, remember back when I was growing up, if you were a 30-30 guy, if you were a 40-40 guy in baseball, 40 bombs, 40 stolen stolen bases, you were like Barry Bonds, Jose Canseco, you were an elite player. 30-30 wasn't bad either. He might be a 30-30 guy this year, 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. My thing with Baker and this is where Colin was dead on, was like his decision-making and just his actions were questionable off the field. And usually that leads to questionable actions on the field. His situation hasn't been as bad as a player. It's more as a leader. He's constantly popping off about dumb things. After the game on Sunday, after it's abundantly clear, Odell Beckham is going to demand a trade this offseason. He will be a one-and-done Cleveland Brown. I, I would bet $500 on that. Now, I, I guess I might lose the bet because John Dorsey might refuse to trade him. That's the difference between the NFL and the NBA. If you demand a trade in the NBA, you get traded. In the NFL, it's a little dicier. But I think he's going to want out. You know, he has career lows in basically every metric. It's just not worked out. It, it, it just has not worked out. And this is another element Collins nailed. O- Odell Beckham is, is a rock star. He's not meant for Cleveland. The major difference, you'd be like, well, LeBron played in Cleveland. Yeah, there's a reason the NBA's in bed with the commies in China. You know, they they need those revenue streams because it's a a worldwide sport. And they're in bed with some bad people. You know, they got to do what they got to do for the rev streams. In football, this is domestic. And there's a reason Odell Beckham became such a big deal. He was in New York City. Odell Beckham would not have become Odell Beckham had he been playing in Cleveland Brown to start off his career. 
that's not an opinion, that's a fact. So the, the trade demand's coming, and let's even give Baker the benefit of the doubt when he pops off and saying the trainers who, in my experience, in Division One football and in the NFL, trainers are pretty close with players. The trainers aren't out to get the players. If anything, the trainers are on their side, trying to keep them healthy. Just they spend a lot of time with them. They become they have friendly relationships. It's a good. It's in my experience, and I can only speak from my experience. They have extremely healthy working relationships. So for Baker to point the finger at a hernia injury, and in my experience, when you need a sports hernia, your season's over. So this leak about Odell Beckham, if he had a torn growing, he'd be out for the season. Like that, it doesn't quite add up. Is he banged up? Clearly he is. But for Baker just to act like the trainer screwed it up and they could have fixed the problem if they would have handled this in training camp, something doesn't add up there. Now, maybe Odell told him that and he's trying to get his guys back and he's trying to make them so he doesn't handle it, you know, create a trade demand. I, I don't know. There, there's two, there's just, it's a hard story to kind of figure out. All I know is, why does Baker keep talking and then ultimately have to, uh, you know, eat his words and come back with apologies? This is like the third time it happens. And every time watching the Monday Night Football game, I got three Baker Mayfield commercials. He's got more commercials right now than wins. It's really, it's starting to bother me because he's acting like such a slappy. He really is. It's, I can't text one person in the NFL without them going like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? He needs to figure it out. The organization needs to figure it out. John Dorsey picked this guy number one overall. He can't have him fail. He staked his career on it. You draft a guy number one overall, he can't then be a slappy and not a good player. That reflects very poorly on you, especially in a draft that had Lamar Jackson, Sam, even Sam Darnold that had mono, doesn't feel like his career's falling apart, or even Josh Allen that struggles to hit water from a boat also doesn't feel like he's a bad human being. And I'm not saying Baker Mayfield's a bad human being, but he feels extremely immature right now. And it's this NFL thing's a little big for him. So I, I hope someone in Cleveland intervenes, but it, you could argue it looks pretty clear they don't have anyone there to intervene. I mean, Freddie Kitchens is fighting for his coaching life. John Dorsey, I, I don't know what the hell he's doing. Jimmy Haslam probably stealing from some truckers. Like, the Cleveland Browns right now, led by their quarterback, are, are just an immature dumpster fire. Okay, let's get to the college football playoffs. And a couple things really stood out to me this weekend. One, a little like Eli Manning, who's not rooting for Ed Ogeron. He, you know, and living in California, knowing a lot of Pac-12 people, being a Pac-12 fan myself, he was meant for Louisiana. It's easy to say, play the Monday morning quarterback. They should have kept him in L.A., like, Ed Ogeron didn't belong at USC. Now, is Ed Ogeron better than Clay Helton? One million percent. That's not even arguable at this point. But, you know, it's weird. The football gods, he belonged as the head coach at LSU. And he now has an opportunity, if he can run the table, to be an absolute legend where he's from. And football just means more in the South. And it means a lot in California. Like, I live in Northern California, where the 49ers are one of the biggest brands in the league. Like, in SC, college football's huge. Like, it's not like football's not big out here, but it's way bigger down there. And, you know, it's just an easy guy to root for. He makes you smile when he talks. He makes the kids smile when he talks. He's just, it, it, how, who's not rooting for LSU if you're not a fan of one of the other three teams? 
because it's just he's an easy guy to root for. He's got an Eli Manning type quality to him. Uh, and his team is incredible. We've said it forever. If LSU could get a quarterback, if LSU could just get a quarterback, if LSU could just get a quarterback and run a normal offense, well, they did two things. One, they landed a quarterback, and this guy keeps acting like he's, you know, chop liver, like, no one believed in me. It's like, Joe, you're about to win the Heisman Trophy. You went to Ohio State out of high school, and then you transferred to Louisiana State. So let's not act like you went to Cal Poly and then transferred to Reno. You know, your, your football life's been pretty good. Now, you're a really good player. And he's by far the best quarterback in the country this year, I think, uh, start to finish. Now, Tua, Tua's hurt. So this guy's healthy. He's a big-time athlete. I'd say the only knock would be the arm strength. It's good, but it's not great. I What I see is like the Alex Smith, and this used to be a negative thing, think Alex Smith with the Kansas City Chiefs, that's what I see Joe Burrow, like a better version of that. Big-time athlete, he'll, but he'll push the ball down the field. The, again, not a great arm, but he's accurate. He's really accurate, and he's just a playmaker. He, he's a really good player. Then, obviously, the the roster is loaded. But the number one thing they did is they hired this guy, Joe Brady, which a year ago was probably making $80,000 as an offensive assistant for the New Orleans Saints. It's amazing if you probably work in any profession, and football is a unique profession because even though there are, might be a lot of coaches on a coaching staff or whatever, there's still not that many. And if you're an offensive assistant, you're basically like the head coaches or offensive coordinators secretary. And so what was Joe Brady at the Saints? He was Sean Payton's, the equivalent of secretary film breakdown guy. Can you imagine how much he learned in a two-year span working with Sean Payton and Drew Brees? The amount of knowledge that he got in... 24 months because it clearly shows and I would also imagine he was going to be a good coach whether he went with Sean Payton or whether he went with some random coach with like the Miami Dolphins or the Washington Huskies wherever he ended up he was eventually going to be good he just happened to get with a really good coach and it changed you know obviously his career forever because this season with LSU and Joe Brady will change this guy's career forever so the combination of of Joe Burrow and Joe Brady with Ed Ogeron, you know, these guys are going to go down as absolute legends. And if they can win at all, they already beat Alabama. They already won the conference. They're two games away from definitely Eddie O and Joe Burrow getting statues. The other game, and I, I think Oklahoma doesn't really have a chance. The other game is pretty interesting. Ohio State, I'm not a big Ohio State guy. But I'll be the first to admit, they're one of the more talented college football teams I've ever seen. And they're absolutely loaded. They have NFL guys at every position. I think I heard Urban Meyer tell Coward, like, they got 22 NFL players. He, he literally means every one of their starters is going to be in the NFL. Now, a lot of them are going to be first and second round picks, but they got a lot of, like, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders. That, to me, separates teams. Like, most top 20 teams have first rounders, right? Now, the top ones have more first rounders. But, like, is your right guard, is he an undrafted free agent or is he a fifth rounder? And you start stacking some of those fourth, fifth, and sixth rounders to go along with your first rounders, you basically have an NFL team. But I think people are sleeping on Clemson a little bit. And I, I looked up a number here. Now, I get their conference sucks. But they also played Texas A&M. It turned out they weren't that great either. But they attempted to schedule an SEC team in non-conference. They scored 605 points this year. They only gave up 138. They have a $6-7 million head coach. 
They have a $2 million defensive coordinator in Venables. They have a quarterback that is going to be the lock, let me repeat, lock, number one overall pick if he stays healthy in 2021, who's already won a national championship as a true freshman. So Ohio State is really, really talented. They have a first-year head coach in Ryan Day, who you know people in the NFL speak highly of. He's a Chip Kelly guy. I've never met personally. I don't really have any thoughts of. But this is his first year as a head coach, let alone he hasn't even been an offensive coordinator that long. Then his defensive coordinator was the DB coach a year ago for the Niners. Now, everyone I knew with San Francisco really liked him. People that have been around him really liked him, and clearly he's done a really good job. But I know this. It's going to be hard for me to bet against Dabo Sweeney, who just happens to be the defending champion. And I, I saw that when ESPN, they put some cameras in like their lunchroom after they kind of came out with the brackets. They go to Dabo Sweeney, and he's like, I just want to thank everyone in this room. It was basically all the players and the coaches. We're the first team in college football history to start the season as the number one overall team defending champions, win every game, and basically kick the crap out of everyone they play. And somehow when the dust settles and the playoffs start, we're ranked number three. So he's got a legit beef where he can look around to his team and kind of play the underdog card, and it's not BS. There is some substance to it. So I... I'm not, I'm picking Clemson to upset, and I, technically it's not an upset, I, I checked the line today, they were they were favored, but I think people are sleeping on Clemson because their conference sucks, and that's, that is a fact, their conference was potentially historically bad, they have been really, really poor, right, because Miami, Florida State are awful, and if those two teams are bad, the conference is going to stink, even if Clemson is historically great, which they are, but Clemson destroyed everyone they played. And again, they have NFL players just like Ohio State everywhere. They have an elite head coach and an elite defensive coordinator that have won chips. So I'm picking Clemson to beat Ohio State, and I think Clemson would have every bit of a chance to beat LSU as like Alabama has the last couple of years. Now, obviously not last year, but in the previous years. So I, I think between the top three teams, you probably have between Ohio State, LSU, and Clemson, and even, even Oklahoma's got a lot. I, I would just say off the top of my head, 60 guys in, in, the, in that game will be in the NFL next year. Hell, I could be lowballing it. It might even be higher. So uh, if you like the NFL and you're not that big of a college football fan, which I never quite understand, like it's just basically the minor leagues. You get to see who's coming, especially by the time like a month in, you kind of have an idea who's who. Uh, the, the college football playoffs from a talent standpoint is absolutely stacked. Okay, before we get into the middle cuff mailbag, let's just hit a couple quick things saw around the league uh, yesterday. The Packers, I, I said this after they got destroyed by the Niners, their next two games were the Giants and the Redskins. They were going to get right pretty fast, and what happens? Boom, two wins. They control their own destiny for a home field bye. That is insane. Even if they lose to the Vikings, they'd only have one loss in the division and if they end up with the same record as the Minnesota Vikings, they would be, assuming that they win two of their next three, they'd be 5-1 and one in the division, and they'd win the division. And depending on what happens with the Niners, Packers have a uh, have the tiebreaker with the Saints. They're, they're in pretty good shape. Uh, now, if they lose two, if the Bears get them this week, that's a different conversation, but I, I'm not sure they're that good. I mean, I, I don't think they're bad by any means. Uh, but I, I would be, if you told me right now the Packers won the NFC, I'd be surprised. I, I, I really would. Uh, but 
you know, if they get a home game and if somehow they win these next couple games and the Saints drop another one and the Niners in Seattle, you know, however, and they get the one seed, yeah, I mean, it's not out of the – you got to go through Lambeau. They'd be in pretty good shape. Uh, the Panthers, they're done. They got destroyed by the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, at one point in time in the, in the fourth quarter, it was like 33-10 to 10 or 33-13. to 13. Just, Just a debacle. Now, the Falcons are kind of screwed too even though they've won some games, you know, late in the season. Calvin Ridley's out. Trufant's out. They play the Niners this week. Now, the Niners have a bunch of injuries, but I I can't imagine the Falcons are going to come to Levi Stadium and win that game. The Lions, you know, Minnesota got right. Of course they did. They're playing the Lions. Uh, The Lions are a joke. You know, they traded. It's one of the great midseason DB trades ever, the Diggs kid that Seattle has, who just every game, I mean, in that Sunday night football game, he had multiple interceptions. He makes huge hits every game. He's just good. Who trades that guy? Especially when you suck. Somehow the Rams, uh, I, I've been hard on Sean McVay because it was like, what is this guy doing? But that being said, I he's a good coach. He's a good leader. He's a good motivator. And they, I mean, they beat the living hell out of Arizona two weeks ago. And they pretty thoroughly dominated that Sunday night game against Seattle. Now, you know, Seattle, they run out of gas a little bit. They, they could afford to drop a game having that win over the Niners. But still, that, that was a that was a beatdown. It, it really was. Uh, the Raiders and Tennessee. We'll start with the Raiders. I mean, they stink. They're a 6-17, but every metric in the eye test, they're, they're like a 3 or 4 win team. Uh, their point differential is that of like a 2 or 3 win team. Uh, their defense is atrociously terrible. I mean, it is. It's awful they can't cover anybody they can't rush the passer their linebackers stink they are just bad and their best player who's now hurt in Josh Jacobs they have no chance Derek Carr to end the game against the Tennessee Titans on fourth and five down 20 points the play kind of broke down no one was open he scrambled he threw the ball out of bounds on a fourth and five with the game just like ended with like three or four minutes left. Like he should have just, it, it, I, I was speechless. Now he's done that a couple times in his career, but it's it's indefensible. The Tennessee Titans are actually probably the hottest team in the league. I mean, they inserted Ryan Tannehill into the starting lineup, and I think he's 5-1, and one, and their offense is explosive. They hit big pass plays. Vrabel's got a sweet mustache. They played the Texans two out of the next three weeks. I mean, they, they win those two games. Hell, you'll, you'll be like, God, the Titans are the three seed? Remember, they beat the Chiefs, so they got a tiebreaker there. Titans are hot, man. If you told me when all the dust settles, the Titans are 10-6 and six and are the three seed, I, I don't think it's inconceivable. And has there been a better offseason move than the Titans acquiring Ryan Tannehill to have as a backup for when they benched Mariota and they were able to go to him and, I mean, let him to the playoffs. It's just bottom line. He, he, got, he made a team that was dead a playoff team. Pretty, pretty just pretty damn remarkable. Okay, let's uh, dive into the Middlecoff mailbag. What's wrong with Indy? A lot of injuries, but the core is still mostly there. In your opinion, what's their biggest hole? When T.Y.'s out, just the playmaker situation is a is a problem. They, they just, you know, Chris Ballard, who I have a lot of respect for, you know, built a built a tough team, built an just a group, kind of an overachievers. T.Y. is their guy that's a difference maker, and Mac, who's been out. They're just not explosive enough on offense. And when they get into this 
you know, shooting match with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're, they're just not equipped to playing games like that. It's just, just not who they are. With the talent the Browns have, Beckham would be the MVP of football this season with Brady on the team. Brady is not finished. I think it's time you cover that as well as other analysts is, uh, is doing it already. Give your point of view. Should the Pats sign Brady for two more years or move on? I mean, he is 42 years old. He's by no means finished, but we do have to acknowledge he's old. He's just old, and he can't really move. So when you can't block for him, they don't have wide receivers that can get open. It's just a problem. He can't make something out of nothing. Is he is he finished? No. And if they had Odell Beckham, it would help a lot. If the Pats had Odell Beckham, it would look a lot different than it does in Cleveland. The Patriots also, I, I it shows you how high the standards are, and this is kind of, this is what's cool about them in Alabama is it's championship or bust. They're really the only two programs, I, I think, in America. Now, maybe you could say like Duke basketball, but how many championships has Duke won in the last 10 years? A couple? It's, I mean, it's truly for Alabama or New England a championship or bust. And the Patriots are 10-3 and three right now. I, I think we act like they're 5-7. and seven. They're t- Let me repeat, 10-3 and three for the mailbag. Is Tannehill a top five quarterback in the AFC right now? Well, let's let's think about that. AFC East, nobody. AFC North, Lamar. AFC South, yeah. I mean, AFC West, yeah, Mahomes, yeah, he's right up there. He's damn good. I, I've watched him against the Raiders. I mean, he's he's an explosive player. I mean, that's one thing. He will push the ball down the field. They have a really good run game. I mean, Derrick Henry's one of probably the more consistent players in the league right now. He's He's been killing it. Uh, yeah, Tannehill, if you told me Tannehill makes the Pro Bowl, you won't find me complaining. Do we sometimes undervalue the importance of a tight end in the NFL? With New England struggling on offense and almost every other good team that has at least one good tight end and Seattle having a guy in Hollister who can make plays. Yeah, I think people in the league don't underestimate it. I think fans of good teams don't underestimate it. If you got George Kittle, if you got tonight Zach Ertz catching a couple touchdowns, if you got Travis Kelsey, you know, if you, you got guys, you know, uh, Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst on the Ravens, obviously the Patriots would tell you how important Gronk's been to them for years. So no, I, I would say I would say smart football people know how important it is. Quick question, John on Josh Allen. I know you like him, and I know he's got one heck of an arm, but I don't think he can play. What do the Bills do if they have the weapons, but he overthrows everyone 89% of the time? What say you free agency or maybe draft a guy that can play right away? Well, see, I, that's not going to happen. They took Josh Allen seventh overall. Seventh overall. He's like a made man in the mob, in the Bills Mafia. I mean, he's just, he's getting four years. The, the, the ship's going down with him. And this is only year two. So his accuracy was a problem in college. It's still a problem now. Now, that just might always be a problem, and it might be his undoing as a good NFL player. It might be the reason he never becomes a good player. He's just not accurate. I, I don't know how you fix it. You'd have to ask like a Andy Reid or Sean Payton. And I think some of them would say it's not fixable to a certain extent. So drafting guys and stuff, it's not an option maybe for at least another year. They're they're in bed with this guy. Any chance the 49ers would trade for Odell while the stock is down? Would the Browns take pick 25 to 32 thoughts? 
you know, I I, I struggle to do that if he's going to need offseason surgery. You know, I, I would try to somehow land a second-round pick and trade him for that. But I, I, I struggle trading a first-round pick for a guy that just – and I'm an Odell Beckham fan, but he's going to get, you know, surgery. I, I don't know. I, I need to find out more information. I guess if I if I win the Super Bowl and I'm the Niners, would I trade pick 32? I, I'd think about it. But would I want to trade, like, pick 24? I don't know. And, again, I, I like Odell. Do you think the Browns are willing to trade him the 49ers? Same question. I mean, this is – I know Kyle really liked him. I, I know that for a fact, that Kyle really, really liked him. Quick question. You may have already covered this, and I haven't made time to listen to the pod in a while, but why is everyone so quick to say the Patriots and Brady are falling off? Maybe it's just ESPN, but it seems like everywhere I look, also was this week's Jimmy solidified franchise performance in NOLA? Yeah, I just think it's, again, the nature of being that good. When you're that good, when you're LeBron, when you're Alabama, when you're New England, you know, when you're the Yankees, the moment you slip up a little bit, people want to bury you. It's just because I think people are jealous of shit as, at the best. And people wish they were that, and they're just not. So the Patriots, again, they're 10-3, and three, and we're acting like they're drafting in the top 10. Shows you. It just, that's a credit to Belichick and Brady. Who's my Heisman winner? Uh, it's got to be Joe Burrow. I, I think he wins in a in a landslide. I it might not even be close. Whenever I watch the Eagles, I inevitably think of Chip. I know you think he's a slap, mainly because he's a slap. But is there anything we can really attribute defensively, uh, definitively to him? Guys were running fast offenses before him. What did he really do that merited the slobber job where people think he was mad genius? That's a good question. I think it was more just the consistency of the pace. He never relented. There, there was no take the foot off the gas. And back in college when people weren't doing it, it caught everyone off guard. In the NFL, no one was doing it consistently. Like the Patriots would randomly just go into that mode in different parts of the game. He did it 24-7, 365. Now the problem in the NFL is when you play good defenses, you're going to go three and out. So you go three and out and you take... 15 seconds off the clock it doesn't do anything I also think that he was ahead of the curve on sleep and nutrition and, and stuff like that that now everyone he was doing that 10 plus years ago and now obviously everyone is big on that stuff so yeah I, I you know just he was winning I, I really think it's that simple whenever you win and he was killing people people get interested I also think he benefited a little bit. The Pac-12 was down. Remember, Pete Carroll got sanctions. He left. And then Lane and Sark. Harbaugh bounced to the Niners. Uh, Washington did not have Chris Peterson. Washington State, Mike Leach hadn't shown up yet. Oregon State was terrible. The Arizona schools were terrible. And he, and he kicked the crap out of them. So, and then with the Eagles, that first year he went 10-6. and six. I guess the second year he went 10-6 and six too. But it was, it looked, I think he started that year, was it like 7-2? and two, So it looked a little bit different. Who's my next pick for Monday Night Football commentaries? That's a good question. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't think Tony Romo would come to ESPN, but I'm not sure about that. I I really haven't even thought who's next, but it it, it could not be worse than uh, as my guy Brent Jones, former 49ers tight end, said on radio in the Bay Area. I heard him one day. He's like, "What do they call that guy? Loogie? They call him Loogie." 
you know, Hockaloogie? No, it's Booger. But uh, he was basically just, it's unlistenable. And it, it really is. And uh, luckily, we're, what is it, week 14? We only got maybe a week or two left of this crew ever. So we're almost out of the woods because it'll be new people. Uh, maybe Pat McAfee. I, I don't know. I just anyone new. Just just try something else for the love of God. I'm sure these they're good people, uh, but just a, as a consumer, we, we demand better. Uh, appreciate everyone listening. I, enjoy the week. And uh, playoff football is not far away. College football playoffs are here. We got bowl games not far away. Let's get it on, baby. Uh, tell your friends about the show. Like, review it. And yeah, just enjoy the week and stay healthy and have a good one. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.